Hi there, you sweet souls. I hope this finds you well. I have a couple of Ask Abdi questions that I'd like to answer, and I'd like to share a couple of things that I've been observing recently. But before we do that, I'd like to invite you to drop your breathing down. Bring your consciousness fully into your body. Feel your feet, really ground yourself. And as always, the most important thing that I can impart to you is this level of awareness, the conscious awareness that is our true nature. The words, these things that I talk about is just entertainment for the mind. End of the day, the most important thing is that you inhabit your physical structure, which becomes more and more difficult as we are offered more and more distractions which is part and parcel of me always telling you culture is not your friend. Its function is to keep us asleep in separation, and it's doing a pretty damn good job of it. As technology gets more and more fine-honed and able to manipulate us. One of the things that I'm seeing with people, and I get to talk to people all around the world, it's very interesting that people who have actually stepped back from consuming media, which is really crack, and it's actually crack on crack right now, there's a profound amount of serenity and peace available that our people are tapping into. And it's what is someone I'm talking to in Tel Aviv, in Tokyo, in Berlin, in Paris, in New York City. The one thing I can tell you, ages of 20 to 70, 75, 80, the one thing that's common with all these people is that they've been guided to fully step back, definitely from mainstream media, but consumption of all forms of media. Because as things get more and more crazy, like we've talked about in the past, it becomes easier and easier to become addicted to that anxiety, to that fear. And one of my observations, again, talking to people around the world is, Depending what mainstream media is presenting that day, and remember in America's six companies that own 90% of the media, everyone will be talking about the same thing, no matter where in the world I'm talking to them. So one day is Afghanistan, then that's forgotten two seconds later, then it's the vaccine thing, then that's forgotten, then it's back to Afghanistan, then it's back to January 6th. So the level of how we're fed these fear-based they're real things, but fear-based, the way they're presented. And how people literally use the same language talking to me about what they're experiencing is quite mind-blowing. Quite, quite mind-blowing. Which shows how manipulated we are. So the first thing is, really step back like I've been telling you, if you're serious about your spiritual practice. That doesn't mean become a Luddite. It means consume one, two, three minutes. Check yourself. If you're losing your center, not helpful. So while there's so much negative energy to really pull us out of our center, there's a profound amount of awareness available if we step back and just allow it to bathe us. We don't even have to seek it. We just have to be open and not fill our minds with garbage, right? 
as the old Zen saying goes, the Zen master used to say, mind is like water. You put shit in it, you get shit water. Keep it clear as clear water. Keep it as clear as you can. And as these fascist forces in the culture get more and more strong, it becomes more and more difficult to do that because it's a finely honed instrument. Now, if you know my work, I'm not talking to you about politics. My concern is your awakening, which should be really your concern. The reason that I present this to you is be aware that you're around a very fine honed instrument that does everything it can to keep you asleep. And fear and separation is the most powerful tool for that. So as I've said before, if you catch yourself taking sides or this or that, Republican, Democrat, vaccinated, unvaccinated, you're not doing yourself a favor. And it's amazing seeing quote-unquote spirituality and spiritual people, quote-unquote, have really not done enough work, most of them that I come across, to not fall into that trap. Not a judgment, observation. So, drop your breathing down. Feel. Ground. So if we spend the next half hour doing just this energy work, profound. But of course, you get bored. So I'm going to answer some questions. Keep this awareness going. The biggest thing I can offer you is this. I do my best, moment to moment, to be grounded in this level of awareness. To keep the heart as open as possible. And before I answer the first question, what keeps coming up, and I've talked about this before, is those of you that are having this deep awakening process, I know it feels lonely. I know there is an aloneness in it. That's part and parcel. That's just how it is. So friends, quote unquote, you can't hang with that you've known for decades, or you can do a limited amount. Relationships feel taxing. Your job might not feel right. That has to be tolerated. Don't forget the serenity that comes with it. That's a very easy thing to forget because most people are so freaked out day in, day out, so freaked out that they don't even realize they're freaked out. So while you have to tolerate that aloneness, all oneness, aloneness, don't forget that there's a serenity that comes with that. There's a peace that comes with that. That cannot be shared. It did not be shared. You can stay in your relationship or relationships. Sometimes you have to back up. Really learn how to be in relationship with yourself. If you can be in relationship with yourself, you will not feel that's alone. And end of the day, we'll come here alone, we'll leave here alone. Now I understand this is way more difficult for a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old. But it still has to be tolerated. For those of us who are older, that's just the work. To get deeper and deeper into that old oneness. So the first question is, the amount of sheer denial about the climate emergency breaks my heart. I've seen it the world at large, among those closest to me, and even, yes, still at times in myself. I am at a moment of great transition in my life, and one of the few things I'm certain of is that I want to live bravely and with integrity. 
in partnership with the earth and divine mother. I'm willing to go live in a snowy wood somewhere, learn how to be an agrarian homesteader, but I wonder if reacting to extreme denial with another possibly extreme response is really what is being asked of me. As I always, I know the outer work begins with the inner work, but I would love to know your uh, perspective. Lovely. So you answer your own questions, as people always do. It isn't about reacting to one extreme denial with another extreme response. First and foremost, the biggest denial is the fact that we're consciousness. Just start with that. All day long, everything we do is to fortify this false sense of ego. Wanting to be a do-gooder is a part of it. Now, if you know my work, I've been talking about these earth changes, the destruction of humanity against the earth, for a long time. So that's something very close to my heart. The thing that I was talking about earlier, about how if you hear something in mainstream media, whether it's true or not, understand that it's going to be something that's going to be used for both fear and control. Um, I'm all for being as conscious as we can, consuming less, yada, yada, yada. That's just a given. Anybody with um, two brain cells left in them will want to partake in anything that can help the mother. But understand, when you say, how is this possible? I mean, I know it's just, you're, you can answer your own question, but when you have a culture like this, where the entertainment system, the education system, the mainstream media, it's so twisted that it basically has raised a bunch of infantile grown-ups, infantile. Literally, people have gotten more and more infantile. That's by design. So whether we want to grow our own food, which I'm all for doing, screw a couple of different light bulbs, end of the day, understand, the earth changes. It's not about me and you screwing a different type of light bulb. Sure, we do our part. Educate yourself. We're all willfully and woefully undereducated and uneducated about this stuff because everyone that I see is spitting out what they're hearing or reading. You got to dig deeper, right? The U.S. military is one of the biggest polluters. You know, the same ones that just... Uh, Brown University just had a study called Cost of War. There's only, in the last 20 years only, there's been about $8 trillion spent in this war on terror. Bombing a snot out of Iraqis and Afghanis and Syrians, right? One of the biggest polluters. So everybody talks about Afghanistan for a second. Everybody talks for a minute and then they forget. These things are being manipulated. So understand the same way we have this medical dictatorship that's taking place. Global warming is going to be the next thing that's going to be used to control. Doesn't mean it's not real. It means the big global corporate polluters who are really responsible for a majority of it are not going to change anything. Certainly it's going to be asked for those of us, which again, everybody should partake in this. Connect the big piece with that. Your biggest job, our biggest job, is to wake up. The mother doesn't need us on that level. What the mother needs of us is to wake up. You cannot be a part of this destruction if you're awake, because it's truly all one. So, again, don't care about politics. I'm just pointing out something to you. It affects all of us. Our spiritual awakening, hand in hand, can go with stewardship of the earth. These are not separate things. 
drop into yourself. If it's your path to go and be a homesteader, hang out in the snowy woods, that's what you'll do. I live in the woods. I meet lots of people who are in the woods who have a level of disconnection pretty much close to people in the city because they're on their phones all day long, they're on the computer all day long, so it's not just about being in nature. So pay attention. Pay attention to what you're being fed. Pay attention to where the disconnect is. Now, instead of asking a jackass like me, if you live in a city, go hang out in the park. Go put your feet in the grass. Talk to the divine. Talk to the mother. See what she needs from you. Connect with her. Certainly don't use it or this as another way to punish yourself, to push yourself away from your truth, to disconnect from your reality. But make sure it's your reality. That's what's shoved down your throat through mainstream media. Again, you don't need to be Luddites, but pay attention. Pay attention to your awareness, how much of it is genuinely coming from inside of you, from your heart, how much of it is being shoved down your throat. The level of brainwashing and manipulation right now is very nuanced. It's, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, just what I'm telling you. I'll talk to 10 different people. They repeat the exact same words. I've never seen anything like that. I've been a clinician close to four decades. So keep that awareness there. And the biggest thing is have some quiet time away from anything. Distracting. See what your heart tells you. Let's move on to the next question. One of my favorites. Specialties, romantic relationships, and being a control freak. Question. I'm in a romantic relationship with someone who I love very dearly, but who lives in a pretty intense idealization and denial of the reality of the pain of his childhood, which was very traumatic. I witnessed the effects of this undealt with trauma, which includes smoking a pack a day, binge eating and drinking, as well as a tendency towards codependent people-pleasing. I've had to be very vigilant to maintain my own boundaries. His denial makes me feel a bit alone in the relationship, and I would love to know your insights on how to skillfully proceed. So, three very important things, very, very important things in this kind of situation. If you're, again, familiar with my work, there's tons of stuff on a website. I've addressed this in different ways. First and foremost, you're helpless. The second thing is, you're helpless. But really, the most important thing, the third thing, is that you're helpless. We cannot shift people that we're in relationship with. What we need to examine is, what part of us is in a relationship with someone who has that level of denial, because always there's that same level of denial in ourselves. I don't mean that in a new agey way of you manifest this. I don't mean it that way. What I mean is these attractions are very, very deep. The unconscious of one is in relationship with the unconscious of another. As I've said to you before, in my own experience of being in these long-term relationships, I pretty much have been with the same partner to the degree that I healed my own unconscious wounds. Then the next partner didn't have that same wounding. So I would turn this question on you and really sit with yourself and be what part of you has a need to hide? What part of you is in a place of needing 
to be in this kind of situation. One of the most powerful things that can happen in a relationship is if we really love someone fully, I'm not saying that if this person's smoking crack and you go buy them on crack. I'm saying to really be in that place of not having a foot outside, let your heart be broken open. And then from that place, really face your own fear of intimacy. And literally, I have never, ever met someone who is not in abject terror of being intimate. Even those of us who've done tremendous work on ourselves. It's very difficult. So I would say to you, examine the part of you that's in a place of power, because you see this so clearly. What are you getting out of it? And I'm asking that of your unconscious, who in their right mind wants to be around someone's traumatized and then love them and be traumatized as they're killing themselves. I'm not asking you on a personality level. Is there an aspect of you that wants to be a heroine here? Is there an aspect of you that wants to be a savior? So you're absolutely helpless. From that place, examine to see what you're getting out of this. I can tell you from my own perspective, as a healer, as an intuitive, when I'm in a relationship with someone, if I see something, I will first ask permission, hey, would you like to know about this? If the answer is no or shut up, great. I don't get animosity, I don't get angry. I'm like, oh, that wasn't right for me to open that. If the person says, yeah, I'd like to know, I will just say it once, twice, that's it. And I can also say this to you, as a healer, as a master healer who's done this for a long time, I've never, ever been able to shift someone because it's not my job, but I have tried. I cannot, you cannot, because we get into a position when we do that is we separate ourselves. My job and your job and anybody's job, gay, straight, trans, any relationship is not to heal the person, is to be fully open. You can never underestimate the power of fully witnessing with full love and non-judgment someone suffering. It will shift things, but it will also break your own heart open. Loving is difficult business, is the most frightening thing. Obviously, when these issues are at hand, which we all have them to some degree, some obviously more than others, it's even more scary. But at the same time, it's also more safe, because if a person has all these issues you're describing, you already have one foot out. So examine your own trauma. Examine what's brought this situation into your own life. Because these severe traumas, which many of us have uh, had to endure, it works both ways. Meaning, what is in you, what is your soul saying that this is coming up for you to pay attention to? Take a deep breath. Again, words aren't even important, really. Feel the energy. Let's just commune together as we're having this little experience. Let your heart be nice and open and soft. Really feel your feet on the ground. Question. How do you clear bad energy from around you, inside you, whether they're tied to individuals or a workplace? What is a good process to release negative cycles that feel like they're haunting your body-mind? So, good question, great question. The main thing with these energies is to be fully, fully present in our bodies. One of the things that I've discovered, and having been around 
unfortunate situations in my youth and, you know, my 20s and 30s of being attacked by these weird energies and shamans and this and that was every time something really drastic with negative energy happened, I've learned that I wasn't in the physical body. I wasn't present. I would add this to it. Those of us who come from these narcissistic um, parents, narcissistic childhoods, where we were tap dancing for attention and love, even more so for us, we can be victim of that energy unconsciously. So being present in the body-mind is really the most important way of A, noticing there's negative energy, B, grounding the physical structure so negative energy doesn't permeate, and C, if we've missed those two signs and there's negative energy actually affecting us to actually negate the negative energy, to turn it into neutral. Uh, one of the shamans I used to work with years ago had this beautiful image. And he had said to me, because I you know, had a couple of these situations when I was younger where these negative energies had come in, and they were very destructive and physically actually affected me. And he said, you have to use turtle energy. Turtle energy has cold blood. It's not warm-blooded. So the vampires can't feed off of it. Because of your childhood, you have a blind spot, which I would say this is definitely a situation with this question. That's my hit on it is there's a blind spot, specifically because of what I'm saying, of the narcissism of those who are in charge of raising you. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean be cold-blooded. It doesn't mean be cold. It means pay attention. Pay attention to where you're tap dancing. What's pulling you in? Our first hit is always correct. When you meet someone, we're in a situation, when you walk into a room, oh, feels weird. Ground yourself. The physical grounding, which is very counterintuitive, right? I've talked about this in the past. One of the things one learns in profound martial arts, you know, combat, tactical martial arts is you learn to ground yourself when someone attacks. Because our monkey nature, when we get scared, we go up. Right? Monkeys jump up on top of trees when they get attacked. So one of the things I've learned to pay attention to as someone who's done martial arts for a long time as a healer is reverse it. If something scary comes in, drop your energy, drop your breath, feel your feet. Very counterintuitive and takes training. One of the reasons everyone's on their phones all the time, you know, looking at things all the time, is it's very difficult to be in the physical structure. It takes practice because we have to push through anxiety. So this is very important to pay attention to. All these things we're talking about, what's the common piece? Be present. Are you present? It's not just a mental activity. It's a body-mind activity. You unite body and mind by being aware in the moment. That's the invitation for hearing the soul's directive, as opposed to the monkey mind of the ego. Now, pull your awareness down again. Let's say you're listening to this and you think of a situation, you might think you might have an attachment or something feels weird. There's a coworker that's weird. There's a healer you had a weird interaction with. Drop your breathing, feel your body. Last question. I just listened to the last few minutes of your Ask Abdi part two podcast, and I'm writing this with tears of how much I appreciated being present in the body, even though it probably lasted a few moments. I've been dealing with my anxiety for a while now, and I'm having trouble living fearlessly and grounding myself when leaving the house, no matter how much healing I've done. My question is, how do you live fearlessly when you feel your body, mind, and external circumstances are not aligning with how you wish to live? 
So it's literally just what I was talking about. First of all, there's no such thing as fearlessly. We have to actually feel the anxiety and the fear and learn to tolerate it, right? And we do that in small measures. You don't need to do a 10-day sit. You might jump out the window. You certainly can just start by, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, just don't do anything. You don't even have to meditate, you know? 15 minutes a day when you wake up, just sit there. Don't pick up your phone. Don't look at the news. Don't look at your social media feed. Just sit there, right? You will find that you can actually tolerate these things. It's not that one is fearless. What happens is when we face these things, you will see it for what it is, which is always connected to trauma, past or present, to anxiety, which is a part of the nature of this realm. But with practice of just being present to it, it starts taking a back seat. But do understand, we never do this. As I've said to you ad nauseum through all these writings and podcasts, we can use anything not to face this, which actually makes death a very painful process that it does not need to be because there's been decades and decades of denial. So yes, people use medication. That's still a band-aid. You might need it. You might jump out the window if you don't use it. But certainly that in itself is just a band-aid. We still have to do the work, right? And for those of us who've been extra traumatized or have had very deep trauma, even therapy and talk therapy won't touch it. It can take decades and decades and decades because the trauma is so deep. So it's a process, but we have to show up for it. And then, as I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, we cannot underestimate the depth, the amazing ability of the powers that be really keeping us in this fear and anxiety mode because it doesn't stop. So at the minimum, don't add to your own anxiety by putting that garbage into yourself. So the love that we, when you say um, external circumstances are not aligning with how you wish to live, get to know yourself first. Find out who you are. I can tell you if we, and I've seen this over the decades of working with profoundly successful people, if they have not done the inner work, either before, during, at the present moment, it doesn't make a difference, whatever we think this is, right? One of the perpetuating myths of this um, social media addiction is when I get there, when enough people love me, you can see it right there. It doesn't stop. The hole just gets deeper and deeper. So first of all, find out who you are before you even know are these external circumstances not aligning with how you wish to live. Figure out who you are first. We are all strangers to ourselves. At the minimum, start a relationship with this being that you call yourself. Because we don't know ourselves. And everything around us, every voice around us, surrounding us, shouts at us some weird idealized image of what that thing is. That thing never works. That thing never works. Now, drop your breathing. Feel your body. Take a deep breath. And breathe out. Deep breath. And breathe out.
one last time and breathe out. Feel in this moment with all the stuff going on. Peace can be here. Peace is here. Peace is your divine nature. What seems like a little thing is actually the main thing. I'll repeat that. What seems like a little thing is actually the main thing. Your true nature is not some huge boom, vivicolor, technicolor. It's even bigger than that. But it's been in the background for so long that we don't even see it anymore. So just pull the senses in a couple of minutes a day, the five senses, and just sit. You don't even need to manipulate it. You don't need to do energy work. You don't need to do qigong. All those things can be helpful. We can still distract on all those things. Right? So all those kind of cute sayings, oh, it's not a human doing, you're a human being. It literally is that. But we don't know how to be anymore. Part of that is our own addictive nature. Addiction is a response to pain. And part of that is a very fine-honed culture run by very disconnected people to keep us locked into that. And everything has been co-opted, like I've said to you again ad nauseum, including spirituality, especially spirituality. That was the last frontier left, right? So when I hear spiritual people spit venom and hatred, which is really unhealed self-loathing, I certainly am not surprised because that's what I've been saying for a long time. The work has always been surface. So there's an amazing amount of energy. Use it. If you're suffering, pay attention. These questions that you ask me, beautiful. You're asking these questions because you're on the path. The answer is inside of you. Quieten down enough. We all need external help to some degree. God knows I've had my good share of good fortune of having that. At some point, we have to carry ourselves over the threshold. We are loved. Your love, you're safe. Nothing outside of you will ever touch that because, in fact, you are everything. I send you so much love till the next time we connect. We're all connected, always. Tap into it.